and it's all part of the circle of life. Hey there to all my listeners out there. I am your host, Paul Pallotta, and you are listening to another episode of Can I Get a Suggestion? A podcast where I have on guests and we draw a suggestion from a bowl and we talk about this suggestion every way we can imagine. You know, just different angles, stories, history, uh, just anything it brings up. And today, my guest, I am so pumped to have, we go way, way back. We were in a web series together all the way back in Charlotte. And she has since went on from the Dick Kelly web series to Hallmark. That's right, the Hallmark channel. Joining me today is actress, writer, director... Kia Hamilton. Hello. <laughs> hey. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Great. Sweet, sweet. It's been a while. I'm glad you could join us. It has been a long while, and I'm just so excited to get to chat with you for a little bit, because it's been a minute. Definitely. And you, you're busy. It's like I follow her on Instagram, and it's at least once a week. Booked it. Booked it. Booked. I'm like, good for you. Look at you out there hustling. Got to make it happen. Nobody else will. We got to do it for ourselves. I'll snap that. Truer words have never been spoken. So she currently, uh, you are currently in North Carolina, and that's where I'm from. And so I would like to, I guess, spread a little love before we get to the suggestion on just the Charlotte art scene and the film scene. Because I don't think people realize how much talent is in that city. Wow. You know, Charlotte, the Charlotte region, I'll say. The whole Southeast. Yeah. There's so much going on. There's so much talent. Um, When we lost our film incentive some years ago, it just sparked this creativity in everybody. And they were like, you know what? If Hollywood's not coming to us, we'll come to them. So people started writing and filming and building their craft on their own. And now that the incentives are coming back, we're busier, people are more experienced and really ready to work. So outside of independent, we've got studio productions. So folks are able to be busy. And Hollywood has been there, uh, for those that don't know, oh, Shallow Howe, huh? That was filmed down there in Charlotte. Talladega Nights had a couple of scenes in Concord. So they were, and then Wilmington is also a big area that was big in filming. Uh, And now everyone just goes to Atlanta. (laughs) Well, you know, the interesting thing is um, during the pandemic, I was actually busier than I I had ever been before. Um, We started out at the end of 2020 um, with a network show called Delilah. Um, It was produced by um, uh, Warner Media and Based on the song, right? Hey there, Delilah. They just made that song into a feature film? No, I, uh. I'm not. So it was actually um, a series that aired on OWN. 
And it was about an attorney who was trying to make the world better. Um, I was blessed enough to be able to work on that production. I worked in the production office and I worked in the set deck department. And that was pretty cool. Um, and then right after that, we got the Lionsgate production um, that was done with Gracie Films. And it is the Judy Bloom adaptation of Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret going to be a huge huge film it actually we just got the release date and it's going to be september 16th 2022 yeah 2022 and um um that was a, a really fun experience i was the director's assistant on that project so um i got to good learning experience oh I was I worked on the project for six full months and I literally shadowed the director. I got to get a lot of good nuggets from um, James Brooks and, um, you know, Kathy Bates was a part of that. Rachel McAdams, um, Abby Portson. It's going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal film. Um, there was a production in Asheville. Um, I believe that was Amazon. Um, they had several Hallmark films that were done in Wilmington. Um, also, Lee Daniels did a show for Fox called Our Kind of People. That just recently, I think they just wrapped up uh, the airing of that. This may have been a couple of years ago. I know Shot Fired. Shots Fired. Because I think I was still living in Charlotte when that was filming. So that's probably a few years ago. That was a few years ago. Um, there was also the evolution of Nate Green that was done in Charlotte. Um, that was around May, I believe. Um, I mean, literally, the list goes on and on. Um, we had so many productions. And I, like I said, I was blessed to really be a part of the majority of the ones that came to the Charlotte area. And, um, and then also in Wilmington. So if you're in, in North Carolina... You can work. You don't have to always go to Atlanta. There's work to be had here. You don't have to do what I did and pack up and move 10 hours north to the big city of New York to make it big. <laughs> but guess what? There's so many opportunities there, too. I mean, at this point in time, there's film being done everywhere, whether it's Louisiana, you know, South Carolina, Georgia. Um, you know, it's and with the pandemic, a lot of the casting offices are closed. So for actors, it's all self tapes our self-tapes so the doors are really opening that's what danny mcbride did you know he got his whole little crew that he does all his shows with and they all just bought houses in uh charleston south carolina and that's that's where they filmed righteous gemstones i think they did vice principals there maybe even some uh, eastbound and down that um outer banks um is being done there as well um so i have several friends who've been working on that so um, like I said, if you are a working actor or if you have experience on the crew side, this is a wonderful opportunity to get your feet wet working on studio productions here in this area, which can allow you to become part of the union and um, be able to work even wider across the country. Build that resume. Yep. And what a lot of people are doing, it's like, especially since like for movies, it's all self-tapes auditioning, and then they fly you out anyway for a location for the movie. A lot of people are moving from New York and L.A. and these bigger cities because it's like, well, we don't have to pay those absurd prices. I can self-tape from my house anywhere in the world, and they can just fly me out when they need me. Absolutely. Um, networking is a little bit different than it used to be. Network used to be going to events. 
Um, and now a lot of it is online through social media. Um, Clubhouse has been a, a wonderful way to get in touch with casting directors. So um, the opportunities are there. Don't give up, you know, just keep pushing forward and recognize that the opportunities are there. You just have to walk through those doors. Right. And you have to, like you said earlier, you have to do it yourself and find those opportunities, you know. Right. Because we all just want to like sit around and like, no, nah, they're going to come to me. They, they know I'm, t it's like, no, no. Not <laughs> in a chance. And the thing about it is, you know, getting training is super important because when the opportunity comes, you want to be ready. Did you ever get to meet Oprah? Did when you were working on that own show? No, you know, she never um, came to set because this was really, um, this was before there were vaccines or oh, any right. little bit scary with She's not putting herself in danger and. But she sent us gifts. So that was great. <laughs> oh, she loves giving gifts, don't she? Yes, she does. Well, how about let's gift the listeners. I always try to find fun little transitions. Yeah. Let's gift yeah. the listeners with a suggestion. All right, let's do it. All right. You ready? I'm ready. All right. As always, I have my bowl of suggestions. We're going to pick one out. All right. Whew, I'm nervous. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All right. You ready to tell these people what we're about to talk about? All right. What are we about to talk about? All right. Uh, can you, oh shoot. Can you see that? Uh-uh. I'm old. I can't see. All right. Uh, so it says outside. 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 So that's our suggestion. And I like to start the podcast the same way every time. When you hear outside, where does your mind go to? What are you thinking? Into the pandemic. <laughs> so we can all go outside again. Right. Exactly. Um, but more than that, you know, I guess I think um, so I'm from West by God, Virginia. So I'm a country girl and I do like the outside. So I think of hikes. I think of rivers. I think of the mountains. I think of wildlife. I think of the beauty of outside when I think of outside. Right. And especially like North Carolina, you know, they got the Appalachian Mountains and all those, the Blue Ridge uh, Parkway and all that. I'm the same way. Yeah, I'm the same way. I grew up, you know, five acres of land, all woods. We had a creek in the backyard. Uh, so... And, you know, I realized that when I was younger and we first moved there, you know, I was out in the creek all the time catching crawdads, play, and then, you know, you get older and it's just like, ah, I'm good. Right, exactly. Um, but I, I think it's it's beautiful. I mean, I, um, even now, I don't live uh, directly in Charlotte. I actually live in Concord and I actually live in rural Cabarrus County. Um, so I look out my windows, it's definitely the outside plenty of trees a deer walks by sometimes um so i still have that uh solitude and that peace um that i was used to and i still have it here and i'm still able to jump in my car and drive 20 minutes and be right in the heart of charlotte you have you said you had a, a son right i have two sons two sons All right. can i ask their ages 23 and 19 they are adults Adults now. You got you got men. You don't have kids. You got men. Exactly. Well, the reason I'm asking is it's like, you know, I'm sure we're both I'm a similar age. 
where we grew up like playing that you're like <laughs> you're way younger than me sweetheart no, no. <laughs> we're both in our 25s uh yeah, we'll- <laughs> yeah um no the reason i'm asking is with kids nowadays like we grew up hey go play outside uh you know just stay around go play with your we always had like friends on the street or whatever where and not just because of the pandemic but kids nowadays i feel like don't do that it's oh i can just talk to my friends through the computer screen or video games or whatever absolutely i mean when i was a kid you literally got up in the morning and you played and played and played in the summer you come home and you get some lunch you drink water out of the water hose like played and played and played all day long till you wore yourself out and then you come home for dinner and and i mean you spent all day with your friends exploring digging holes climbing trees taking bikes apart putting them back together those i was a tomboy and that was all all my friends were boys and then we ran around and played all day long outside was the place to be yep Um, bikes off the ramps yeah, all of that. I, I remember this guy named Donald. I wonder where he is in my neighborhood when I was a kid. He was the one who taught me how to take bikes apart and they had the ramps and everything. And, you know, um, when my kids were young, um, because where we live, it's a lot of outside. Um, and so I would send them out. But then because of the world we live in, like, I felt like I kind of needed to be outside to oversee. So it took some of that just go and explore away. You know, it's like, well, come check back in or, you know, can I go outside? Well, you know, I don't know. And um, to some of that freedom of childhood that's, you know, that you think about when you think of outside and youth, you know, has kind of been snatched away. And then before I know it, they had no interest in going outside and it was all about video games. So that's just how it is, I guess. I do wonder, I mean, I guess, you know, this is like pre, I feel like social media has really magnified how terrible people are but you know like you said it was taken away i'm like did our parents just not know that the world was this bad or did they just not care and was just like nah yeah go outside if you get taken oh well well when i was a kid which was back in the 80s and late 70s um that's when there were all those missing children in atlanta Um, And they had the whole thing with the white van. Okay. So we're nervous. So they did give us some boundaries. Like you can't go further than here or further than there. Things like that. Yeah. If you see a white van, the candy is not free. Right. Exactly. I mean, that was where all that whole white van stuff started. And, um, but the thing is, you know, um, you still had that freedom. Like you still didn't worry as much as kids do today. Um, And I think that you're right. I think the exposure, um, the availability of the information, the fact that when you're on social media and you scroll, the next thing you know, it's a horrible story about something. um, It just keeps it in the. And that's all the news shows is horrible stories. Yeah. Yeah. So it's in the forefront. It's in the forefront of your mind a lot more, I think, than it was back then. Sometimes back then you hear about it. It might be on the six o'clock news. Um, but then that was it. You didn't hear about it all day long. And if it wasn't in your city, you barely heard about it. Yeah. And, you know, growing up, like trying to think back and, you know, I wasn't always, I don't think we ever watched, like even my parents, 
just never watched the news. It was always like, I guess, what the kids wanted to watch or whatever. That was not us. Um, I'm I'm from somewhat of a political family. Um, so the news was important and all of those types of things. So I was definitely aware of what was going on in the world, um, be it, you know, political stuff or be it um, just current events or whatever. But um, it just didn't have the same impact on us directly as I feel like it does now because news is 20, like I was around before CNN. So, you know, that wasn't a thing, that 24-hour news. Yeah. Well, it wasn't uh, until Anchorman. It was <laughs> Anchorman 2, one of them, I think they was like the start of the 24-hour news stories. There you go. Yeah. I'm glad we have shelters, thinking about like <laughs> animals who have to live outside at all times. That's right. That's right. Well, you know what? Speaking of that, look how different um, we as, I'll say, Americans deal with animals now. When I was a kid, your dog just was outside and you might have some kind of shed for them to get in under the, get away from the cold. Right. Tied but, it up to the tree, like not in a violent <laughs> way, but you know, like you'd leave a little room for it to run around until it wraps itself around the tree. But there was no like malice toward it. No, not at all. We just didn't look at them the same way that uh, they're looked at now because um, you asked the right person and that is their child and they mean oh. it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. it's like, yeah. It's like, instead, especially couples, I feel like that's like a training ground for kids. It is. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, you know, living, you know, we got to keep them out there, you know, rain shine you know and especially like the wild animals and stuff yeah and you know the thing is i guess they're more equipped because they've they've always been outside like i think about like the moose and like i saw a video on tiktok the other day and they were showing like the wind was blowing it was snow blowing everywhere and this huge moose was walking around and i was thinking like they really are at the mercy of the conditions. Like if it's super cold, that's just what they're going to be. It's super cold. And they're up north. You know, right. you see mooses in like Maine and Canada where it gets colder. Like it's, they're not hanging out in Miami. Right. And it's so interesting um, that they understand what they need to do to survive. Um, and that's just instinctual, I guess, from over the centuries, over the generations. But um, you know, our poor puppies, they can't handle that now. So we have to bring them inside. <laughs> right. Throw a little sweater on them. Right. Right. They need to be fully clothed for the winter. It's like the saddest picture ever. Like you'll see like National Geographic, like a lion or a moose or something, just sitting out in the pouring rain and all the fur is just like soaked. And they're just like, well, got nowhere to go. So. And they're probably not even miserable because that's just part of their existence. You know, it's just another day. Oh, I wish I could go inside. They don't know what inside is. Yeah. So I don't know. Going back, uh, what I wanted to mention back, like with the way people view animals, you know, I noticed now uh, I like watching the nature documentaries and stuff about wild animals. Mm -hmm. And I feel like growing up, like the lions would always catch the prey. But now when you watch them, 
they it's always the animal escaping the lion. And I'm like, I wonder if that's just because we don't want to show a lion mauling this gazelle in half. I think you're probably right about that because obviously the lion is catching animals because it's big and it it's got to eat and it's got to eat and it's all part of the circle of life but i think for our sensitivities now um i think that they try to maybe show you another side so you don't feel like it's all so brutal but the reality is is that it is and that's their life that's um survival of the fittest it just kind of is what it is but um you know but people like to watch something that makes them feel good and for the underdog to get away makes them feel good hope yeah hope and it's like even now you know you watch movies and it's like you could watch a million people die in a movie and it's like okay whatever but you kill one dog and that the ratings just tank. It's like, oh no, that is we do not want to see that. Oh, I know. I mean, I I have a lot of feelings around things like that. I mean, I love animals. I had dogs and a cat growing up, and I love them very much. Um, but I look at you know sometimes the injustices and the things that happen to people, and um, when people are upset and want to speak out against it. Oh, heaven forbid they do that, but let something happen to an animal and it's okay to throw a fit. You know, it's just like, where's the value of human life? You know, so I, I do actually think about that and um, how life, um, whether it be a human or be an animal, is actually perceived by different groups. Because when the group that's targeted is part of your group, you notice it. You know, I'm getting that. Um, and then I also will notice that, you know, if something happens to an animal, it's the worst thing that could ever happen. And guess what? It is because it all, all life loss is sad. You know, cause like I said, I love animals. Um, I watch on TikTok animals all day long because they're just the cutest, the funniest, and I just love their innocence. Um, but yeah, but some look at the other perspective just because it touches your life. Right. I was going to say those, uh, like the dogs celebrating a military person coming home and you just see that dog jumping up and down with joy and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love, see, I love stuff like that. I really do. Um, and then the flip side of that is when, um, someone in the military passes away and that service dog, you know, they miss them just Lying as- on the cemetery just as deeply as a person would miss them. So, so yeah, I mean, you have to take all life and all life's emotions to task. Yep. I think uh, being a photographer for National Geographic would be a fun job. I think it would be a scary job. Recently at the CFC meeting, we had a couple of guys come that um, have been working for uh, National Geographic. Um, also, okay. uh, I just want to say CFC, Charlotte Film Community. Yes, the Charlotte Film Community. Um, those meetups are the first Tuesday of each month, I think. And um, they had a guy who was a photographer and one that did sound. Um, and their story was amazing. 
about how they were able to get the sound and how they were able to get the shots. And these were dangerous situations sometimes, but you've got to get the shot because when will you ever get the, that opportunity again? And so it was amazing. It was, I, I, my hat's off to them because um, I, I never really thought about a photographer out there in the wild. Yeah. And especially, you, so were they dealing, do you know, more with wild animals, with nature, with maybe they had to like climb mountains that could have put them in dangerous situations? You know, all well, that were, is National Geographic, I feel like. It is. They were um, in a zoo, actually. So they weren't actually out in the wild. However, when you are in the, the area where you like, keep the lions, you know, you may as well be in the wild because it's a huge expanse of land. Um, but if you're in close quarters, because you've got to give an animal a shot to sedate them, you know, that in itself is dangerous because they don't want the shot. They don't want the people close by them. So, um, and when you listen to it, you know, think about how they have to get close enough to get the sounds that they want and to be ready and prepared to get that sound. So it's, I was blown away. I had never really thought about it a lot until they came in and, and spoke with us. Especially, you know, and they're still wild animals. So it's like, even if it is like, hey, we kind of train this, and I always go to lions as like examples. Even though we train this lion as a cub, it's still a wild animal and could still, if it feels dangerous, it's gonna just, uh, reflexes are going to kick in and anything can happen. Right. Absolutely. Are you more of a daytime or nighttime? Like if you got to be outside, like a nice um, night or a nice day? Daytime. I am an early riser and I have low energy after about 3 p.m. <laughs> yeah, that's. And, um, but yeah, I'm I'm a morning person. Um, if I am forced, I will go out at night. But for the most part, I wake at five and I'm up and out and ready to go by seven or eight. So you'd rather watch the sunrise than the sunset? It, absolutely, because I might fall asleep on the sun setting, depending on what time. The <laughs> I'm trying to think if I've ever had like I'm sure I have. You know, like you picture like a picture perfect. You're up on like in a mountain, or you just somewhere with like. Just the perfect view. You're watching the sunset, you know, maybe a glass of wine. Yeah, on vacation. Vac the beach. So like um, like when I was in uh, Jamaica, I watched a lot of sunsets. Um, the tropical islands and weather's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Right now it's crazy um, because I'll tell you, so last year I was working on Delilah and it was unseasonably cold. And um, usually I pull out a heavy coat a couple of times during the winter. But last winter and this winter, I've literally been living in my coat. And um, so I've really know. And y'all gotten some snow quite a bit. We have three snowfalls now, granite. You know, I don't really remember two of them, but apparently we had three snowfalls. And you know, that's not typical. That is not usual. Most often, you know, snow happens like once a year and it's usually ice and gone in two days. 
gas. Usually ice and it's gone in, you know, 24 hours. The temperature will heat up and that'll be that. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, we've had a few, uh, here. I think it was last year we didn't have any, which was weird for New York. Right. Uh, but this year we, no, two years ago. Was it two years ago? I don't know. Once winter, there was no snow. Yeah. And it was like, whoa, what? Like, this is New York. It's supposed to be snowy. Yeah, that's what will always keep me from making New York my home. Right. The weather? Yeah, I don't like the snow. I mean, it's, I mean, I don't know. If we keep having these cold winters, I may have to go a little bit further south. (laughs) Florida, here we come. (laughs) Louisiana. But then you got to worry about hurricanes and uh, tsunamis and all that stuff. I know Charlotte is kind of perfectly placed. It's a far enough inland that you don't get the hurricanes. I mean, unless you count Hugo, that once in a lifetime type of thing. Right, that was 30 years ago. Right. And then it get you know, we have a pretty long summer. Um, and usually winter is pretty short. Um, so, but we still get all four seasons and we get the fall foliage and we get, you know, the beauty of the blossoming flowers and everything in spring. Summers are super hot, but um, winters are typically short and we need to maintain that um, so that I can maintain a good attitude. (laughs) And no tornadoes, right? I don't think I really remember, like, it's not really torn. Every once in a while you may get a tornado warning, but. Every once in a while, but to me, it's not really that big a deal because I've lived through three tornadoes in my life. Um, I used to live in Tornado Alley when I was younger and um, um, through just through the middle of the country, Texas, Oklahoma, Missouri, Arkansas. The Midwest. Um, yeah, it's called Tornado Alley. It's specific states and, um, you know, typically there are several um, tornadoes. I mean, I literally was in a tornado that destroyed the house with me in it. So, um, did it suck? Because I, you know, as long as I live to tell the story, that is something like it's like I would like to kind of be sucked up and just. I say that right when I'm in the moment. It's like, oh hell no. No, you would die if you got sucked up in it. I mean, um, you just can't. You know, I think maybe there's been one person that this ever happened to. Like it picked them up and threw them you know, a mile away or something like that. But yeah, our circumstance, we got into the bathtub, you know, cause you're told to get in the bathtub or to get in like a doorway. Somewhere where there's no glass around and like no right. windows. You have a basement or a cellar, then that's what you do. So we got in the bathtub and we were safe, but our neighbor across the street stood in the door seal, like in the doorway and they were safe. And had we did what they did or they did what we did, neither of us would have survived. So you just don't know. Are you a lake person? You like going out to the lake, water skiing, jet skiing? So I'm not much of a swimmer, but I do like the lake. And I have a friend that lives up on Lake Norman. So we go out on her boat or we hang out because she has like a little beach that leads up to her house. So um hang out there but um yeah i love there's not a lot i don't like um if it has snow so i don't like skiing yeah i went once and it was yeah i don't know if i'll go back i don't like any of that but if it's outside like i said i'd like you know the mountains i like hiking i like lakes i like um you know going out on boats 
Um, yeah, I like all that kind of stuff. And I feel, you know, kind of back, like we're losing that a little bit, you know, especially, you know, we've been stuck inside for two years, you know, so it's like, you know, I'm lucky I live real close to a park, so I was able to do a lot of walking and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then one day I walked the length of Manhattan, which was real nice. It took about eight hours. How, how long is the length of Manhattan? I think it's 10 miles, something like that. Uh, wow. Yeah, uh, let's see. Length of Manhattan. Yeah, about 10 miles. That's interesting. So before the pandemic, I was walking about six miles every day, at least five or six days a week. And um, and one day I was adventurous and I walked 15. Um, Just around the I, neighborhood or do you, like trails? I walked from my home to downtown Concord and back. And so that's three miles. So I would walk the three miles there determine if there was something I needed to do, like go to the post office or something like that. Get a coffee. Yeah, like that kind of thing. And then I just turn around and walk back. And I was actually in the best shape of my life. So for people who say walking isn't real exercise, yes, it is if you're consistent. Right. That's how Jared lost all the weight. Yeah. Subway. He'd walk like 10 miles to, you know, now I don't, he's probably put on that muscle prison weight, but you know. You know, for a while, he was a walker. <laughs> he was. He can walk around that cell, I guess. It's funny, because, uh, like, my friends from North Carolina usually, like, when they po- when they get, like, 10,000 steps, because that's the average steps that people say you should get, they'll post it like they just climbed Mount Everest or something. I was like, I was averaging 16 pre... But, of course, New York's a big walking state. But I was like, these people are acting like 10,000 steps and they just conquered the world. Well, you know, we're so sedentary here. You know, you get in your car, you drive to work, you sit in the office all day. You drive to the store. Go to the store. That's exactly what I was going to say. You go to the store, you pick up something to eat, and you come home. But I'll tell you now, when I was on set, when I was working on uh, production, um, I was getting around 16 or 17,000 steps a day. It was a lot of walking, a lot of moving around, a lot of making sure things are going as, as it. so yeah, that, that was, um, I was toning up a lot then too. I was catching back up, but then well, it got cold. So. <laughs> yeah, we're hibernating. That's it. We're putting on that winter weight and then come spring, we'll, we'll start at it again. Exactly. But that is something, uh, yeah, like I serve, I wait tables. So it's like, yeah, it's just constant. And especially on set, because, you you know, if you're not one of the actors who get to sit in a trailer all day, there is no time. Because it's like, we got to get ready for this scene. And when they're filming this scene, you're getting ready for the next scene. And, like, there's just no stopping. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I was doing background some one time and we were someplace in Long Island and it was supposed to be uh, like a little beach town in the middle of summer. And I forget when we were filming it, but it was cold that day. Uh, and it was like an overcast sky, like, you know, so it's like 20, 30 degrees and everyone's out there in like bathing suits and like, you know, cause it's supposed to be a nice summer day. 
And it was like as soon as that director said cut, everyone was throwing on their jackets and their and they're like, wow, like movie magic. They're gonna make this cold day look like it's ninety degrees out in the middle of summer. Well, let me tell you about the flip side of that. When I was working on um, the Hallmark film Christmas in Harmony, it was winter. I mean, it was uh, summertime in Wilmington, so it was around ninety-six degrees. But we were the dead of winter, Christmas time. So we literally had on layers and sweaters and coats, and it was so hot. But again, you just do what you got to do to make it happen. Did they have fake snow and stuff like to make it look Christmassy? Yeah, they did. Um, They had um, most of the scenes, though, um, it was as if the snow had mostly melted. So there wasn't that much there. But I'll say when we worked on the Margaret scene, we, um, the Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, um, just when you watch the movie, know that they used real snow. So real snow. Watch it. I can't even, I don't even know if I've said too much now, but when I say they used real snow, the whole temperature dropped in the area. It was amazing. Yeah, because, I, you know, all those movies, all those Christmas uh, romantic films, you know, you've seen it in the middle. I'm just like, there's got to be a kiss in the snow while it's snowing. Like, that's like a staple. So I'm just picturing, like, sewing on a ladder with, like, fake snow just sprinkling it over yeah. them. Um, it is. It's fake snow. Um, that was the first time I'd ever seen anybody get out there and like literally like with a big truck full of ice and just it chipped it and like in a big hose just put it everywhere on the trees, on the rooftops, like everything. It was the most amazing. I was just like a little kid just watching. It was so oh, cool. Yeah. Almost like a ski lodge. You know, they'll sometimes if it's a little warm or something, they'll blast out that fake snow that way they don't have to shut down yeah yep that's what it was so um lots of surprises in store on those productions yeah yeah i'll definitely check that out and be like whoa it's so cool like working behind the scenes and then when you do watch it like knowing what went behind it and stuff and like seeing how it all adds up yeah that was the first time i literally sat behind the director's uh, monitor for the entirety of filming. So like I've watched every scene be filmed. I've listened to all the direction. I've, you know, so like, I feel like I'm a part of it. Like I really can't wait to see it because there are decisions that weren't made by the time I wrap. I can't wait to see what decisions those are. And if you agree with them, cause you know, you're going to be like, well, they could have done this that maybe I would have went with. I know we all try to put our little two cents in there and, and the beauty of it is they, um, it was, a, it was a great group of people that worked together and it was very collaborative and they really did listen to, you know, little suggestions that I had. And there were pieces in there that were all me. And like, I can't wait to see that, you know, you so, and, it, that was me right there. Yeah. That was my idea. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, there's, there's, I think everybody um, has that sense of ownership when you work on crew. Um, and you see an idea that you have come to life, um, it means everything in the world to be able to see that on the screen and know that you were respected enough that they took your idea. Right. And I think that's what makes, you know, it like just things like that in general are people who are willing to listen 
to other people's ideas and, you know, at least hear them out and be like, okay, yeah, like, I like that. Like, let's, this is a team project. This is a group, you know, mind almost. Yeah, it's pretty great. Anything else you can think about outside? Outside, outside, outside. You call me at the time of the year when I'm inside. inside. You know, somebody invites you to go somewhere. You're like, oh, it's cold. Ugh, do I really want to? Is there a uh, a landmark or a like what would be a dream vacation? I guess that you haven't done where you're like, ooh, either like you said, maybe like Hawaii to do or like Hawaii to do some of the hiking or uh, the Yellowstone Park. I'd like to go to Egypt. And I would like to see the pyramids. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. You got to ride a camel there, don't That's what I meant. I don't know if that's true, but I would want to ride a camel to the pyramids. And I would like to know what it felt like to even be there during that time, you know? So that was see it get made transportation. So let's do it. Right. Yeah, you want to be. When I went to the Grand Canyon, we didn't do it. But you can ride donkeys. Yeah. And like it'll take you down to the bottom. And I'd be like, oh, that's pretty. Yeah, we didn't do it either. We went, um, we went to Vegas and decided to take a day trip. And um, so we went up there and um, it was before it was all built up. Um, they had the, the, the walk where it's, it's clear glass and you walk and you can see the Grand Canyon below you and all of that. That was really cool. We got pictures there, but then all the hotels and all the stuff hadn't been built up yet. So it was still like a, a natural type habitat. And, um, we met this, um, Native American there and she was beautifully dressed and she did this dance. And I just thought, how cool is that? You know? And, you know, when you think about Native Americans, you think about outside because they camped a lot and um, you know, they were outside a lot and they have a very strong connection to nature and the world. So um, I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah. Do a lot of hunting. They hunt for their own food and stuff. Mm-hmm. They make their own clothes. I mean, I suppose a lot of that has probably changed now, um, but um, I don't I don't actually know. Um, I was I, trying to think, are they like the Amish where they're like, you know, not that they're against technology and stuff like that, but, you know, it's like they're set in their ways and, you know, we're just going to keep have, doing it. That's not something that I know. I mean, because, you know, um, Native Americans typically that that we would know probably live the same kind of lifestyle that we live. Um, but maybe Native Americans that live on the reservation may have a different lifestyle, but we're just not privy to that. So I don't really know. Right. We stop there every once in a while to gamble in a casino or buy cheap cigarettes. And right. that's about it. That's about it. I do know people who have like went up to the reservoir. They're like, yeah, I just go buy my cigarettes there because they're a whole lot cheaper. Huh. That's really interesting. I, and so now because of the nerd that I am, I'll probably Google this and like want to know. Right. <laughs> like after the fact, it'll be like the next thing that I like study a little bit. Just because I'm always curious about things. I know a little bit about a lot, 
Yep. And so I don't know quite enough about that because if it comes up in conversations and I say, I don't know, I need to know. So, yeah. Or you just start making up stuff and seeing who believes you. (laughs) I don't typically do that. But when I do, I catch myself. I'm like, you know what? I don't think that I know. I just felt like I knew, but I don't think I know. (laughs) So I'm a tour guide here in New York. Uh Uh-huh. And I, I'll sometimes try to like throw in fake facts, but it'll be facts where it's like most people know, and I try to say it in a way where they know I'm joking. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'll be like, yeah, this is where the Titanic sailed out of or something like that. <laughs> like, you know, just making stuff up. Right, right. To be Something's entertained. Like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> That's an outside thing. I give tours and uh, given tours in every type of weather you could think of. Oh, really? I've done so tours. So down raining, people really still want to go? Yeah. I've wow. done it where it's like my shoes are just soaking wet by the end or, you know, it's snow. And we do some, we'll walk along the East River. Mm-hmm. And in the winter, that wind is whipping. Wow. Yeah. Mm-mm. That's that outside part that I don't like. It's that cold, uncomfortable outside. Right. Give me like April to June, July. You know, we could skip August, September. Well, probably September. August is usually the hottest. September starts to get a little bit better. But in the last couple of years, July and August have been brutal. Yeah. I feel like seasons have shifted. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're used to, say, winter being... November to February. Now it's like almost January to March. Even mm-hmm. April, I feel like, is still getting cold. Yeah, this past year, that was the case. Um, that was definitely the case. The trees hadn't started to bud in April of last year. And that's very unusual for this area. And the only reason that I knew was again, because we were filming and we were trying to time what scenes to film based on what the tree foliage was. Right. And they're like, man, we need tree. We can't film. We need leaves on these trees. No, we didn't need the leaves yet. So it was like perfect. Oh, it was yeah. All right. It was Christmas. Uh huh. Hmm. Yeah. Sweet. So, yeah, I think that's about an hour. <laughs> that's a way to wrap it up. All right, that's about an hour. <laughs> cool things. Anything else you want to think of? You want to talk about outside? I can't You're going to go outside I'm, today? I am. I'm, I'm headed outside. Um, to the mailbox it, and heading right back inside. <laughs> Actually, yes, I'm doing that. And I got to make a quick trip up to Greensboro and then come back. And I'm hosting um, an event this evening. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm out I'm in and out all day. Sometimes I'm doing Instacart cause you know, as actors, we do whatever. So that's a lot of in and out too. So I, I definitely get to see everything outside doing that job. Key, I want to thank you so much for joining us here on, can I get a suggestion? I hope you had a good time. I had a blast. Sweet. And for my listeners out there who would like to keep in touch with you, maybe when that own show comes out, the Deli- or uh, the Lionsgate, um, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Are you there, God? Uh, it's me, Margaret. If they want to like follow you along, so they can know the release date of that and everything, how can they keep um, they in can, touch? 
they can follow me on Instagram. And that is Talk to Kiki. That's T-A-L-K, the number two, K-E-K-E. All right. And then check her out on Hallmark if you would. Uh, I should have done my research. It's on, de- it's on demand, Christmas and Harmony. It's still out there for a little bit longer. Um, so if people want to check that out, feel free. It's a heartwarming, funny story about Christmas. Which is all we need in this world. Heartwarming, funny. You can't <laughs> exactly. go wrong with those two combinations. That's what my date in life is like. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. And there we have it. Another episode. Another fun episode of just talking all things outside. What what a joy that was. Thank you, everyone, for listening to us here at Can I Get a Suggestion? If you're a fan of this podcast, we are on Twitter and Instagram at C-I-G-A-S pod. I, the host, am also on Instagram at, and Twitter at Simply Appalling. If you liked what you heard, please, please rate the episode. Just a nice little five star. Let me move up the rankings. And hey, leave a review. Maybe we forgot something. Maybe you didn't agree with what we said. Your voice matters. Leave a review, all right? We're not going to re-record this, but it's good to know that you care. And I want you to know that we care that you care. So thank you, everyone, so much. And I will see you next week on another episode of Can I Get a Suggestion? Can I get, can I, can I get, I get, can I, can I, can I get, can I get a suggestion?